0: Open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Yo, this page is the book. This is the voice of reason. reason, reason. I'm baby. Oprah. Voice of reason. reason, reason, reason. What y'all doing out here tonight? Hey, what's up, y'all? I know it's been so long since you guys gotten an episode from the voice of reason but 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 don't panic because i actually have a good reason why you haven't heard from me in so long i've been on a mini hiatus and this is season two which we have so much more in story for you guys um i really just wanted to kind of reinvent the podcast i know you guys loved everything that we talked about before and just the energy of it and i just wanted to kind of bring it up a notch with just the topics and just things that we honestly need to discuss happy new year It's February, but we all agreed that we're canceling January out because, you know, January was a long-ass year. Even though it was a month, it felt like a whole year. So with February, we're starting over. We have these New Year's resolutions. I hope everyone is sticking to them and found the motivation, inspiration to keep pushing on with them. I have a great friend of mine, Mel, who actually is one of my New Year resolutions was kind of, I have like two separate lists of New Year resolutions. I have the physical things that I need to do, like, you know, we all have it. Get your credit right, pay your bills, mm-hmm. get rich, find a millionaire, whatever it is on your list, the physical things you need to do. But I also try to make a list for, I guess, the spiritual mm. things or your New Year's resolutions, things that you need to really fix about your spirit, about yourself. And I really advise everyone to do this because it's the only way to really measure your growth in life as you get older we all have some things that we could fix about ourselves things that we could acknowledge about ourselves and what better way to do it than the new year because you get to start fresh and you feel fresh so one of my new year's resolutions was just kind of putting myself out there more like any other creative who's listening we kind of get in, and not just creatives everyone we all get a moment where it's just like You need a break from life, and this break causes you to be lazy. It causes you to not treat yourself how you should treat yourself. It causes you not to be as motivated, which also often leads you to neglecting your dreams, neglecting your goals. That's the kind of point I was at, and my New Year's resolution was like on some... Girl, get up, okay, and get over yourself. And I met Mel in the process. I actually spoke Mel into existence because (laughs) we both work for SiriusXM. And when I first, I literally just got this job this year, and I told myself, like, I need to network. I need to get myself out there. I need to meet someone who's just as passionate about just the industry as much as me. And guess what? I was doing nothing to actually bring this (laughs) to life. I was literally going to work, get on the train, and going home. And one day Mel reached out to me, and literally we've been – The greatest of friends afterwards. Mel, you want to say hi to the people?
1: Hey, what's up? Don't be shy, girl. (laughs) Uh, You know, I ain't that shy.
0: What's been your New Year's resolution for this year?
1: Man, I got a whole Mm -hmm. list. Um, One of them is definitely just making sure, like, I continue to, like, network. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to go to at least, like, one networking event, like, a week. And I consider a successful networking event is, like, when I meet at least one person, mm. you know, get that business card, make that connect, and actually, like, sit down and have some sort of a convo with them and then so I can remember them when I go back and try to reach back out. That's like, always the hard <laughs> part.
0: You know what the dopest thing about your personality is not, like, I'm always awkward about networking because it's, I don't like the fake interaction. Like, you mm. know what I'm saying? It's just, like, I like all my interactions to be genuine. I function better when it's a more genuine interaction. We know when... In any industry, when you're trying to network, it's like, I don't like that cloud or that that baggage you have of what does this person want from me or what mm-hmm. does this person want me to give them. I don't even like being that type of burden to someone. Yeah. So with you, you're just like a naturally bubbly. Not, it's not even about you. just have this energy. I told you about it. I don't yeah. know if you guys ever met someone like that where you have an experience with someone where you can't even explain what it is about this person that just connects you to them naturally. It's not even what we have in common. It's just literally... Uh, energy you give off and you show me the importance of that because regardless of how you approach someone why you approach someone, your energy speaks before you speak. True. And you just always want to feel like you give off this energy and I learned the best way to do that is working on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have things that's going on in your life that has nothing to do with whoever you're meeting. Like, you know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. go to work you could have something going on at home your coworkers ain't got nothing to do with what's going on at home with you. But that energy follows you if you don't do the work to actually kind of relieve yourself of whatever it is that's kind of being a burden on your spirit. So you can tell you do the work. That's why I wanted to know more about your uh, your New Year's resolution on the spiritual side.
1: No, that is so real. Because when I think back to even maybe like two years ago mm-hmm. and like when I'm first getting into like my job like full time and kind of balancing like two or three and trying to balance a relationship at the same time, it's just like, oh, damn, uh, oh, damn, I need this family time too. Like, mm-hmm. how am I going to make this work? And you almost can't, you know, you when you're juggling too much and you don't really have that clear mental space to really dissect everything and kind of like put this here and then put this here and then, you know, I just need to cut this time here to make this work. And girl, I got to the point where I, like, my body, like, shut down. You know when they tell you, like, if you don't shut yourself down, like, your body's going to do it for you? That is a fact. Yo, I had that. And it was not good. And then when I had that, I had that wake-up call. Like, damn, what can I do to, like, change and, like, get back on the right track? And then I'm like, damn, I just need to relax. So how can I relax? And I was like, you know, let me just get, like, a massage. Mm -hmm. So I went to, like, Massage Envy. And I'm, like, calling around. I'm like, yo, I always want to come in for one massage. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, all right, that'd be, like, 50 bucks. I did that. I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, damn, I got to do this more often. But their little package was only like a, once a month. Yo, I did it maybe like a couple months. I'm like, this once a month thing ain't gonna work. I need this more often.
0: It's so it feels so good when you treat yourself and like is I love that you went and got a massage. Sometimes it's something physical that you have to do to kind of show yourself that you appreciate you at times. Yeah. And sometimes it's, just, it's it's small steps. I think for this year for me, what's been my greatest relief of that came from kind of taking care of myself was speaking up. One of my biggest mm. New Year's resolutions was—I call it—setting the tone. And my mm-hmm. birthday is in December, so like I kind of, with my birthday being at the end of the year and then the New Year right there, I kind of meshed them all together because, because like I had, which most people do—a life where you kind of grow up older. I think black people have that because the standard you almost forced to yeah you grow up a little older than your age so like now that I get older it's like it's hard for me to really process that I'm a year older because it's like what people said you should start doing it this year I've been doing so it's like like, you know after 22 I'm like okay what does another year older feels like it feels like nothing but I do want to feel when I am a year older because that's the greatest blessing you can have. I'm literally mm-hmm. on earth again for a whole nother year. So it's like, because I want to feel it, I think of something that I need to kind of li- do or fix within myself spiritually and let that measure my, my growth. So mm-hmm. for me, 27 was, you know what? I, I realized a problem that I've always had specifically with my loved ones was setting a tone, mm. not My loved ones, literally just everyone. Mm -hmm. I've always been that, like me being a middle child, I'm like flexible. I'm, you know, every I can literally make anyone kind of, I attract any and everyone. But it's my, it's kind of a way, a defense mechanism. I've always had to not allow people to get too close to me. Mm. So I always keep everyone at a specific distance, which makes it very easy for me to get along with everyone because y'all all y'all all stopping right there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, two feet away from that's me. That's so it. I re- I realize like you know that's always given me the like my friends would be like yo, Cuddy, she's just. She is just, like, it it always got me a lot of praise because people will either always tell me, yo, you're so cool, you have a lot of friends, you get along with everyone, or it's like, you know, you are you just, you could cut people off when you, when they do something wrong to you without, you know, in the blink of an eye, like, that's Mm -hmm. just so dope. And it's like, I had to sit with myself and tell myself, no. Even though it's being, you know, other people see it as a a quality. Mm -hmm. I know that a great quality, I know that it's coming from a, the little girl in me that's still fearful of being too close or being too exposed or being too hurt or or, or getting hurt by someone else. And I was like, no, I need to start setting a tone and accepting when people can't live up to whatever I'm expecting them to live up to. Holding them accountable yeah you i mean it, whether you' it's, it's not even a, you hold them accountable, but at the same time it's more so about you. you can't control someone else, however, what you can control is the experience mm-hmm. and the fact that you spoke up. I always tell people getting played does not hurt as much as you know when you played yourself. Whew, girl. people can do stuff to you, but when you knew <laughs> you knew better, you can't say nothing right okay let's say it probably take let's say if you you've been with someone for a year, it'll probably take you. Okay, if you was really in love love it might take you a good year a few months to get over them but then that's only the part that's only the first step the Mm. second step is getting over how you played yourself (laughs) because when your eyes open and this doesn't even have to be in a romantic relationship family loved ones it's like when you have to sit with yourself when you sit with yourself and do the work it takes a lot of honesty And And a lot of people are not ready for that. We're not ready to be honest with ourselves. You could tell somebody else when they look a hot mess. You could tell somebody else when they're like, you know, whatever's wrong with their life. You're able to tell someone else and identify when someone has something wrong with their life. But it's harder to do it with ourselves. It's harder to be honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I need to, when I took, I think last year that was my goal. Really just being more honest with myself and sitting with myself more. We all know 2018 was that year for everyone where (laughs) it was like, You got introduced to you. There was no more hiding. There was no more avoiding. There was no more suppressing. I think life happened to everyone in such a way where you were forced to sit down and really see everything for what it is. And because I experienced such an honesty, it got me to a point where it's like, wow, I'm more confident and secure in what I know I want from life, Mm
1: -hmm. from people,
0: from anyone who's even going to breathe the same air as me. And now that I have that confidence, it's like I got to be confident enough to demand that. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting it. Once again, you can't control someone. You can't, you know, you demanding it and not going to punk anybody into giving it to you. But just admitting to the universe that, mm-hmm. okay, this is what I want, is your way of kind of st- setting the tone. For where you're going to go. Because guess what? When you demand it, that means when you don't get it, you hold yourself accountable to walk away.
1: Mm-hmm. And you I can't think, be scared to do you it. You, you just got to do scared. it.
0: You done told people this is what you want to do, and you over, oh, this is what you want in a person, or this is what you want to do in life. When you tell someone, I, I want to be in the entertainment industry, or I want to be a doctor, or I want to be a teacher, and we walk in, we see you working at McDonald's, you're going to have to answer that. What happened? Because yeah, yeah. you said that, But and I realized I would always play safe. I would never tell people exactly what I want to do or I won't tell people exactly what I want from them because it's like it's kind of a way of giving shorthanding yourself because Mm -hmm. it's your way of still being able to just take whatever is given to you and it's that mentality of everything is too good to be true or I never get the things I want or the way I want it and it takes a certain level of confidence and it's a certain level of struggle to have gone through to reach a point in your life where it's like I'd have been through some stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: I deserve this now. Like yeah. I know at this point I deserve it. It's not even about me wanting it. It's not about me fantasizing about it. It's not me seeing someone else having it and mm-hmm. wanting it. It's the fact that I deserved it because I've been through some stuff. Yep. Okay. God, the universe, whatever you believe in,
1: they owe me this. Even they if you're through... just delivery, you could tell like you've been through some no, shit. No, seriously. Like, and and came but back but from you it. know
0: what? And it's not even what you've been through. It's just being conscious of it. I feel like a lot of us become dormant in our experiences we all you know if we all sit here and tell us tell each other our struggles we're all like, okay my life probably wasn't that bad we'll probably take it back it's not about it being a real struggle everyone has whatever they consider a struggle in their life it's just a matter of being conscious of it and being conscious on how it affects you your energy and how you maneuver through life mm-hmm. and that's what like 2018 did to me It sat me in a corner, Indian style, and it forced me to go back into (laughs) 1991, which was when I was born, and say, okay, where did it start? Yeah. Who did it start from? Where did this come from? Why am I feeling this way? Literally, and not just from one specific situation, but just life. I think the older you get, it's more scary to be disconnected because, you know, as kids, we have so many things to kind of – stray us away from oh just dis, like distract us from we're just the reality yeah we're at school we get our tours we we're young we have our innocence yeah. the older you get the older life gets thrown at your way look at the president we got like we could literally Girl. die tomorrow you're forced to be in a space where it's scary to not know the direction you're going in life mm-hmm. and i think that's what 2018 did to me which made me sit down and be like okay what do you want and once i figured that out 2019 is about okay i want this where can i go and who can i go to to get that mm-hmm. and once again once you say put it out there you hold yourself accountable to live up to it you can't say you want this out of life you can't say i deserve this but you're settling for that because mm-hmm. even if someone the person next to you don't notice it you know you it, know it. yeah you just spoke it out already so that leads me to this conversation we had As far as, I know you kind of already told it to me, but I want you to share with everyone, with you meeting your dad for the first time. And how old are you? I was like 24, I think. 24, meeting your dad for the first time. Yeah.
1: What was that like? Girl, it felt like a blind date. Like, (laughs) I had never been on a blind date before. And, you know, it's kind of crazy when you think of maybe just meeting a significant other Mm -hmm. for the first time. But then you're thinking about somebody that, like, is a part of me and, like, I probably look like and Mm -hmm. have so many things in common, you know, that I don't necessarily know. But I know that this guy is related to me. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like, I guess, the scary part, but almost kind of like the part that was kind of like, oh, this could be okay, Mm -hmm. you know, but.
0: How did, how, do give us the background work. How did you find him? Did you, so you have no memory of your dad prior to meeting him? Nope. Okay.
1: Nothing at all. And the thing was, as I'm growing up, me and my mom would always have these many discussions when I would kind of bring up my dad and I'm just like, hey, like, do I have a dad? Like, what is he like? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I look like him? Do I sound like him? Are there certain things that I do? And sometimes the conversa- the conversations would start when um I would, like, fold up my clothes because I'm very particular about how I like things. Mm-hmm. Like, I like things in a certain order. I'm very organized. And sometimes when I get a little too organized, my mom would be like, oh, man, your dad's like that. And I'd be like, wait, what? You know, and then mm-hmm. she kind of would try to keep it really short. It seemed like she didn't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I guess it was in my genes, you know, from him because he was always just making sure everything was nice and neat. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that when I met his sisters, they would kind of say the same things like, oh, you know, he's so nice. He likes to dress real nice. And I'm like, wow, you know, I never thought that maybe that could be something that was genetic.
0: First of all, what happened in your life or within you that got to the point. Got you to the point of okay, I need to meet my dad. Like I know it's something you inquired about a lot, and you know your mom really never really gave you much information or didn't really want to talk about it. Yeah. What was the fire? Where did that fire come from? Or where was that turning That like end point? Like okay, I need to meet my dad. Like I need to go and find him somewhere. What was that?
1: Yeah. Like, like I was getting older, mm-hmm. and I just felt like half of me like wasn't known. I'm like I can't be walking around here not trying to like half of a person when I'm trying to get to my full potential and really understand like who I am you know I know my mom and I know like her side but I'm like everything else is just still like a blur and it's not because I chose for it to be like that so what can I do to try to fill that void you know Mm -hmm. and so it started off with just asking my mom and then I guess I asked her so many damn times she's just like all right uh Here's, like, the child support paper. I think this is his address. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember, like, flying in from, like, Georgia one day from seeing, like, my little brother. And, you know, my mom picked me up from the airport, and she's just like, all right, do you want to go to this address? I'm like, Yeah. I wanna find out. I wanna know who this is, you know. I was scared as hell though. Like I can't lie. Like it was that's gangster. Yo, I wanted to know, but on the low, I was still kinda scared. Yeah, I was just just
0: gonna pull up for him.
1: Yeah, I'm like, what if this man comes to the door, looks at me, and just slams the door, like I wanna get to fucking know you. Mm -hmm. And like, I gotta kinda be prepared for that, you know? So but we I went and I was I glad my mom came with me because I'm like, I couldn't have done it by myself. We went to this address, um, went all the way up to the door, like, knocked on it. I mean, it took a little while before we knocked on it, but we eventually did. And nobody came to the door. So I'm like, all right. It was almost like a sense of, like, relief mm -hmm. because I'm like, damn, all right, I don't got to worry about being rejected, even though I guess I kind of been, like, rejected all my Mm -hmm. life from him, you know, without even even being verbally said. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, damn, okay, I don't got to worry about it just now. Like, I thought I was ready. Until shit, like it was shit was real. And then I got a little scared. But then like me and my mom, we got back into the car. I remember we were kind of just talking and she's just like, you know, it's okay. We're going to find out who he is. I even left a note, you know, underneath the door. And I just told him like, hey, you know, this is Melanie. I'm your daughter. I came by. um, Hopefully I can meet you one day. Left my number and I just slipped it underneath the door, you know. So I'm just like, maybe I might get a call one day, maybe not. I mean, my numbers never changed, So I'm like, one of these days, you know, I might yeah. just get a random call, you know, and it could be him. Mm-hmm. But that never really happened. And as time went on, I, I kind of, like, expressed it to, like, my great aunt and my grandma that, like, I'm like, yo, like, I'm graduating from college now. Like, I'm a full-blown adult, but I'm just like, I need to know. Like, some of my other family members, like, have met my dad. And there's been times where like I've been at um, maybe like a Thanksgiving like celebration, and there was one time where my uncle, I guess he got a little drunk, and he was just kind of talking, and we were mentioning like my dad, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, he he didn't have it all," or you know, it was something kind of like negative, and I'm just like, "Okay," and it, honestly, it kind of made me feel a little sad because I'm like, I don't really know how I can kind of like defend my dad because I'm like. I don't, don't know, know him, him, you know, right. and I don't know what he did in the past, you know. I mean, he could have been whoever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I remember like, um, my aunt kind of telling him like, "Yo, stop, cut it out." Yeah, so I'm like, damn, maybe he was like a fucked up dude, you know. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know. So. I remember like my mom I she was doing some searching and she's like oh I, I think I came across like his sister's Facebook page or whatever like I think her name is like her last name is like Thomas and her first name is like Yvette and I'm like all right cool you know just send me whatever you find because I'm willing to do some more research to find them so she gave me like this one profile and I started I reached out to this lady like I just messaged her on Facebook and I'm like I gave her the full story. I'm like, hey, you know, this is Melanie. Uh, I think I'm your niece. You know, Willie is my dad. And, you know, I haven't met him before. And I think I'm 24, year old, 40, I'm 24 years old now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's time that, like, I meet him. And <clears throat> I sent it. And that lady got back to me, like, really quick. And it turned out that that was not her. No, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> you put I your whole the... business out there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know what the hell this lady thinking right now. But... <laughs> I'm like, sorry to bother you. She's like, oh, it's okay, but, you know, I hope you find your dad. And I remember reaching out to this other lady that had the same name, um, Yvette Thomas, and I gave her, like, the same story. And she got back to me, like, a few hours later, and she was just like, oh, yes, like, I know him, like, I'm his sister. Wow. Here's his cell phone number and his house phone number. And I'm like, goddamn, like, I know I wanted to meet him, but I don't know if I wanted to meet him that quick. I
0: thought you was ready, but you weren't right? ready, right? No, I'm,
1: look, I was back at that damn door trying <laughs> to knock on it. Um, so I was just like, oh, you know, thank you for getting back in contact with me. Um, Is it okay if we talk first before mm-hmm. I call him? And she was good. She was she was like, Yep, yeah, perfectly Okay. So we talked for maybe, like, a good 30, 40 minutes. And I just remember her having, like, this really, really soft voice. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I got the same kind of vibe, you Mm -hmm. know. Because this is, like, his biological sister, Mm -hmm. you know. So she was telling me that um, she was going to call him and kind of prep him uh, for me to give him a call after. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's perfect. She's setting it up for me perfectly. And she... Called him, then she called me back, and she's like, all right, cool, he knows you're going to call. Give him a call. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, heart drop. (laughs) Call, and, like, the phone rings, and he picks up. I'm like, hello? And he was just like... Melanie Michelle Morgan. I'm like, who the fuck is on the line? Like, calling me he for knew my the government whole name. Government name. And honestly, it surprised the hell out of me because I didn't even think he knew my name, you know? Wow. And they're like, my middle name? Like, don't nobody know my middle <laughs> name unless I like tell them, you know? So I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is Mel. He's like, you know, it's so good to hear from you, you know, like I, I miss you, and da-da-da-da-da. He was so happy. And I'm like, I don't even think I was kind of prepared for that kind of response. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, okay, it's this going to be smooth, but maybe not too excited. I'm like, he hasn't been there forever. Right. So I'm like, can't be that happy to hear from me, you know? But he was kind of saying like, you know, he's glad that like God gave him like this second chance to like, you know, talk with me and stuff like that. Cause I guess he never really knew if he was ever going to speak with me. And then, um, we kept the convo short. Cause I'm like, you know, I want to meet you in person. Mm-hmm. And, it just so happened that this one particular day he had to pick up his girlfriend because um, she was going to be coming from to Manhattan from out of town. And then I was working at Sirius XM. And, like, I remember I was getting off at, like, maybe, like, four or something like that. I was working part-time. But Penn Station is, like, a few blocks away. So I'm like, yo, you know, if you're going to be there, like, around Penn Station, let's just meet there, you know? So he's like, all right, cool. Um, I Like, I come to work that day. And I remember kind of being a little bit out of it. I wasn't really focused like I usually am. And I was so, like, thrown off, which is not really like me. And it was to the point where, like, I went to my supervisor, and I'm like, "Um, Vanessa, like, um, can I tell you something? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, sure. And she's just like, I'm like... I'm about to be my dad for the first time today. And, you know, I'm like, I'm saying this shit like it's just regular, but I'm like, everybody doesn't have this experience. She's just kind of like, her eyes just open up like, you about to do what? (laughs) I couldn't even
0: imagine.
1: Yo, but it was just, you know, for me it was just like the norm because he just wasn't around, you know? You know what
0: I find interesting? Was there any point prior to meeting him just with yourself that you have any anger towards him?
1: not so much now. I feel like years ago mm-hmm. I did. And I I think God kind of set this up purposely because I always said that like if I had met him like a couple years before, I don't think we would have had like the same kind of like combo or I don't think it would have been as smooth. Mm-hmm. But because I've like I feel like I've matured and I've just, you know, gotten more of a grip of like the my mother's half of me, like who I am on that end. Mm-hmm. I was cool, you know, and I was open to the fact of just getting to know him for who he was today. You know, and, and not, not trying to judge him Yeah, and not trying moment. to judge him from, you know, what happened in the past and then just like my mom had never really said anything mean or crazy about him, which I'm thankful that she didn't she didn't tarnish like yeah. the image that I had. Yeah, you know? that
0: would've ruined your experience.
1: Yeah, and I, I probably just ultimately would have went in there and just bashed him, you know. But it wasn't like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that the timing was definitely important um, with this. And has there ever been a, a point in your adult life that you had
0: a what does what does Oprah call it that aha moment of <laughs> just seeing how not having your dad in your life as a childhood as a as a kid affected you? Did you ever have the moment where you realized how it affected you and how what was that effect?
1: Yeah, um, I think my work ethic. Mm-hmm. I think because he wasn't around, I had to kind of like push to focus on something else to kind of, like, excel on. Mm. Like, I tend to watch a lot of videos about, like, dads, like, not being around and stuff like that. And there was this one video where I was watching, and this guy was talking about how when a dad isn't present, you kind of feel like you got to overexceed or over-excel mm. on things. And I'm like, I looked at that video, and I'm like, I think that's what happened to me because because he wasn't there, Like, I was in high school. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to get my A's and B's. Like, I'm going to make sure I get, like, straight A's this next time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be playing sports, but I'm going to still get my good grades, you know? And it just pushed me. That's so crazy. Because I don't even think that what you just said, you just helped me
0: realize something. Because I don't even think that's just connected to, you know, not having a father in your life. I think, I don't know if this is just specifically women or girls go through this. When you have a part of yourself that you're suppressing... Mm-hmm. And that makes that, you know, experience or something that made you feel like you were not enough, you tend to overcompensate in other areas. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize this. You know, with women, especially strong black women, mm-hmm. we are always seen as, you know, what we show in the exterior strong, hardworking. And it's yeah. like, it's usually those people who are really more broken mm-hmm. on the inside. We just mm-hmm. overcompensate by trying to excel on the outside yep. so that you don't even give people an opportunity to poke that hole that's really not closed up yet. Mm-hmm. So that, because you just helped me realize that though I, my dad, you know, I was practically raised by my dad most of my life, but I was like that. Yeah. And for me, it's like I would tell myself like if I was good at school, if I just did everything I needed to do on the outside to please people and just to seem strong, then I am strong. Yeah. once again, 2018 and even before 2018, life just started to throw me things that showed me if you are not strong in <laughs> the <than> inside, <laughs> We don't care what you're doing Go on grumble, the outside. Man. We don't care how many jobs we <laughs> you have. We don't care about your degrees. We don't care how good your natural hair Good. We don't really care how pretty you are. Nah. If that inside is not right, life will continually, continuously bully you Yeah. into having to sit with that self and fix it. So I just think that is so interesting because I think that's something everyone can relate to in a sense. I yeah. feel like, especially in the social media era, we it's even more access like for me as a kid when you know social media wasn't a thing as long as I made my parents happy enough as far as being good in school and then you're smart and you're you are you yeah. are not get listening that was enough to make me happy but yeah. ultimately I had to grow up and find my own sense of happiness and that mm-hmm. always starts from the inside so now we're in the social media era where. You don't even got to be living the best Girl, life. Just post it.
1: Just act like you live the best life. Just act like it.
0: Just have a few followers and just post post up. It don't matter if it's your rent money and you really don't even have enough. Just post up with it, yep. so we could just yep. think yep. you balling yep. like that. Yep. Just put. I okay, mean, granted, I hate when I do hate when people say this. Like, oh, people only put their best side of themselves on social media. Well, yeah, <laughs> <Not> that <me. laughs> that, is, but it's not. I, that's not even. I think people say that as if it's the person who's posting it fault. Ultimately, we all just show up. If somebody show up to work, you can literally be broke, don't have nobody, but if you show up to work looking dingy, dirty, Guess what? You wanna have a meeting with your supervisor hell, you might even get fired.
1: Yeah. So as that's human
0: nature and there's a form of respect to show we I mean, you hear people complain all the time. Why they always putting their business on social media? As much as we like to be nosy, people get annoyed with the people who constantly put their pro- personal business out there who are constantly constantly complaining on social media. Yeah. It is natural and it's respectful to put your best foot forward. What we can't ignore as a society that is that people are still going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't look at that strong friend as the friend that don't need help or might not don't need to talk to someone still remember that we're human and just like you go through things someone else is going through things
1: you got a point with that because I feel like maybe I've really started to pay attention to that a little bit more maybe like past couple years Mm -hmm. Um, especially like working in radio and you're kind of working with like celebrities and all these people that I like I used to look at like on TV and like now I'm building relationships with them and I'm just like damn they're just people you mm-hmm. know we'll talk and we'll, we'll be like all right yo i like chips i like these you know doritos and he would be like damn you eat doritos you know it'd be something yeah. so small but it's just like they eat they shit like me like they're people right and so kind of coming off of that it's just like some people will not talk to people with like higher titles and stuff like that and with me because i i feel like i've done a little work on myself hmm I just treat everybody the same way. Like, I don't treat, like, this person that has this senior title uh, with much more respect than I do with somebody who's maybe, like, a coordinator because mm-hmm. of your title. Honestly, when you leave the door, when you come out of the building from your job, don't nobody we know right? what, what your title is? Right. You're just another person. But that also comes with
0: setting the tone, which is not even just about setting the tone You know, verbally with other people, setting the tone with yourself. Knowing who you are and where you stand because ultimately every situation you show up in, every relationship you create, whether it's professional, personal, you have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. You have to be consistent with who you are. Granted, you can't talk at work like you're talking to your homeboys, but at the same time, who you are at your core has to be set in stone mm-hmm. because life is always going to test you and people are always going to test you.
1: Facts. And if you ain't When you there, least expect it, too.
0: And you got to be there to ready to pass be ready. or fail them. You can't just be going with the flow because ultimately, another thing I realize is with this defense mechanism of being numb, Mm. it's a temporary mm. fix it's a temporary fix to not have to deal with the now but it's a long it leads to long-term destruction because being numb feeling what people don't realize the fact as humans that we get to feel is really a quality god gave us to survive mm-hmm. you know how when they say you have your intuition you have like you know even that feeling you had where you showed up at your dad's door and you're about to knock and that that anxiety, resentment, all of that that you had, that was your body telling you, girl, you're about to have a moment. This is a man you never met in your life, but your body was still able to tell you, "Like, listen, this is something big that you're doing. This is not a walk in the park. This is not you about to... And it was your body, your mind preparing you of, you know, that warning, whether it was going to be a good or bad experience, we don't know. But mm-hmm. when that all that resentment, and all that anxiety was your body telling you this is a moment that's yes. about to happen now. And when you have these feelings, it also creates a memory. Mm-hmm. Whether you have, would have met your dad or not. It was a moment with yourself where you just like you would never even be able to forget forget it. And because you had that feeling, it forces you to put it into words.
1: Mm -hmm. what it
0: was for you and what was, you know, what was going on. It showed you. You may have felt that throughout your whole life. Oh, you know, my dad was in my life. I didn't really feel like I missed him. I had my mom. I was cool.
1: But you don't even know what
0: to miss. But the point is, all that anxiety, everything that you felt, was telling you, I want to meet this man. You, you don't care to meet your garbage man. You don't care. You know, you don't get that type of anxiety when you're knocking on regular Joe's door. Yeah. But you got that anxiety because for the first time, it was your body. Whether you were able to be conscious of it, because once again, as a kid, you can't miss what you don't know.
1: Yeah. But
0: your body will always and your feelings will always tell you what you need, and mm-hmm. it was you. Finally coming to terms with the fact that damn I never met this guy, mm-hmm. but I this is a moment like I'm having resentment anxiety because if I I really want to meet him yeah. and I really want a relationship with him and I really want him to accept me it's so hard for us to get to that point I know that was my difficulty and that's why I set this on. it's easy for me to tell people where they had me fucked up at <laughs> it's difficult for me to tell people or even sit with myself with the fact that damn I really wanted this from them or mm-hmm. I really expected it it's hard to be let down you know what I'm saying it's easy to be mm-hmm. like if I I could not have cared and tell you about yourself but when you care and you have to admit to it, damn I hurt. like that Yo, first that's break, a different guy when you like damn but the crazy <laughs> thing is I really wanted him or I really wanted this job or I really wanted this opportunity and you lose it it's like that's another type of part of you that you have to tap into and be comfortable with being vulnerable with yourself as well as being vulnerable with people. So that's why I think that story was so like life changing for you, not Mm -hmm. just in regards to, yeah, you met your dad for the first time, but I think it told you a lot about yourself altogether. Because Mm -hmm. one thing I've, what you said was you weren't really that angry. And I know a lot of friends who had that experience who still have not met their dads and have no physical want to meet them mm-hmm. because of anger mm-hmm. it's like you weren't there you rejected me and it's is if you think that way I feel like because they think that way in regards to that situation they might not realize but they may go through life thinking like that with everything anger is there you regret it later is, you know what I'm saying you're gonna regret it and you're gonna is ultimately whether it's meeting your dad for the first time or not that type of mentality and attitude is always gonna come back up into your life to mm-hmm. bite you in the ass so yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Now, when you met your dad, what? Okay, before you met your dad, mm-hmm. what was the expectations you had of him in your head? What would have been the little girl Mel? Like, I would love to meet my dad and him deliver himself in this specific way. What way
1: would that would that have been? Oh, would have been? What you would have wanted if you had the choice? Yeah, because I I really didn't go in with any type of
0: expectation. But that you know that's a defense mechanism. Because you don't know what to expect, and you don't want to get hurt. Yeah. You numb it. So whatever yeah. you get, if you hungry and you don't know what you want to eat, a slice of bread will be good. It's
1: going to be tasting But real if you good. said,
0: I want Red Lobster, I want Ruth Chris, and somebody show up with a bag of McDonald's, <laughs> you're going to be sick. Yeah. Okay, I don't care how hungry you is. If you kept telling yourself, "I want yeah. real Chris and somebody give you a McDouble <laughs> <laughs> with no fries, you are gonna be sick. So that's another part with setting the tone and then having expectations of people. It is, and it too is safe and it's smart for certain situations. You and it it also allows you to be flexible to just kind of be in the moment of life and see what people is. Well, you know what people are going to present, especially yeah. with dealing with people. We have to realize that just like you have your expectations and you have your experiences that made you who you are. Yeah. Other people have theirs mm-hmm. and the joy in just meeting people and just experiencing it without, you know, having any expectations is good, too. Mm-hmm. But if you could have set expectations for meeting him, what would that been like?
1: Um, I would have liked for it to be just him and I because mm-hmm. his girlfriend kind of tagged along. Um awkward yeah and like the thing you know he was meeting her and he was kind of late Um and I'm just I'm such an on time person but you know at least he gave me a heads up you know that like oh, I'm gonna be late Um but I wish we would have had a little bit more one on one time to just kind of focus on one another because she was there she kind of chimed in on a few other things and sometimes it got a little deep you know I had some deep ass questions but it was just like she added another layer to it because I mean, I guess maybe they wanted to have kids one day and she's just like, okay, well, you left her. Like, what you gonna do for me? Like, you mm-hmm. gonna do that to me? And I'm like, wow, you know what? That's she another... was making it about her. Yeah, and it was kind of like taken away, you know. Like, I'm like, I don't even know him and I really don't know you. So right. it's like, I don't even know where to begin with this, you know? But I definitely would have liked that. Oh, another thing also with her being there, I noticed that he was kind of focusing on her a little bit more. I don't know if it was because he was already familiar with her and he just didn't really know me. But I almost felt like I was kind of like the third wheel, like on a date, you know. When we were walking to the restaurant, I mean, I I was walking a little bit too fast, you know. And he's like, oh, you know, slow down, slow down. He was behind me with her, like holding her hand and, you know, they had their bags and you know they definitely kissed a couple times and i'm like wow you telling me to slow down like this is my first time meeting you and that's all you got to tell me mm-hmm. like slow down if anything she should have been in the back or she should have went somewhere else right it was it was almost like he was treating her like she was his baby girl mhm but
0: that's so interesting cuz i maybe <laughs> it's just me thinking. I'm having a moment. Another thing that comes from you trying to escape your truth and your honesty and whatever you're dealing with. Which I mean, I don't know your dad, but I can only imagine anyone. I'm a parent to leave your child for whatever reason. Whether you think he didn't think about you, I know that had to have been a burden on him. And maybe he wasn't at the point where he wanted to be honest with himself of what it was. He could have probably blamed it on your mom, blamed it on the situation. Yeah. But at the same time, whether you try to numb yourself or kind of suppress things, you start he probably looked for a woman that needed that father energy for him to overcompensate and also feel That's like okay. Deep shit. I no, seriously. To feel like just the I literally was just talking to him about um Sebastian, my production guy. Here, he's not on the mic. But I was talking to him about the fact that I realized when I date people, the bad part is is I use it as a cop out from like, you know, there'll be times where it's just so much things that I'm not facing within my own life and things I need to be doing and things I you know, just chasing my goals. I use the people I'm in a relationship to and kind of bring the energy of you need to get your life together more and them to kind of avoid me. And what I'm neglecting within myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's kind of those things where you see the person that's always trying to help people is the person that's trying to escape helping themselves. Mm-hmm. But still get that satisfaction. Yeah. Your dad is a dad, whether he's in your life or not. And because yeah. you're not fulfilling that role within your real daddy and daughter relationship, yeah. you're going to only chase woman who, because even for this woman, your your man is meeting his child for the first time. First of all, I wouldn't have even wanted to be there. Facts. Let it go. Let alone mediating Facts. it, and for the fact that she was like, "So are you gonna leave me like that? You a whole grown lady, and he's just meeting his daughter for the first time, and you worried about him leaving you." That is someone with clearly a absence of daddy figure in her life, where I he fills that void.
1: I don't think she has a
0: relationship with her father, and he's filling that void for her. They're filling each other's void.
1: Yo, you just made me think of something. So, like after we met, and you know, we exchanged numbers. Um, she's like, oh, you know, you can call the house phone, you know, and a couple of times I did call the house phone and she picked up and she's like, all right, I'm gonna go get daddy. And I'm just thinking like, (laughs) oh God, I would have been so annoyed with her. That's not, you ain't my sister. Right. She
0: wouldn't be your sister so bad. Your sister's side stepmom. Where's Jerry when you need him? Oh God. (laughs) So, okay. Now that, would you say you and your dad have a relationship somewhat now or working towards some sort of a relationship? We don't really have a relationship, oh is it from a space of him not stepping up in the way he you wanted him to, or are you just like what? What Like, where are you with it not being a relationship now? Like, okay, before you could have gave him the excuse that he wasn't there. So it was nothing for you to look forward to. But now that you stuck your neck out there, Mm -hmm. whether you realize it or not, you had an expectation by sticking your neck out there. If you just, you know, some people don't have an ex When they don't have an expectation, they just like, F him. I don't know my dad. Don't want to meet him. Don't care. Don't even want to. But because you went to him looking for him, that was showing. Sometimes the expectations and you setting the tone is not just a vocal thing. It's just about by... The things that you do, you know what I'm yeah. saying? The things you reach out, the level of vulnerability you show people by just sticking your neck out there. you done yeah. that. So that showed, okay, here, I'm here, and I want to have a relationship with you.
1: I did. I did. And I did now that's
0: that. that's not necessarily the case. Where are you at with it now?
1: Well, every time, like, we tried to, like, set up, like, a hangout with just us because I, I always told them, like, all right, every time, like, we met up, the two times that we did, there was, like, other people around. We never had that time to just have, like, one-on-one talk and just get to know each other, you know? Right. And he he was cool with that. He agreed with that. And then we tried to set up, like, sometimes. Maybe, like, two times. I was not trying to let it go to a third because he would cancel, like, morning of or day of. And that shit irks the fuck out of me. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I'm on time. So if I tell somebody I'm going to be there at this specific time. I'm going to be there. Right. And if I'm not going to be able to make it, I'm not going to tell you last minute unless it's something that's out of my control. Like, I was getting excuses from him like, oh, you know, I'm just tired. And we would talk the day before like, oh, yeah, we're going to meet. Like, it's going to work. Perfect. And then morning of, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what we're doing.
0: He's not ready to face his truth. No. With himself. It's not even him literally having to answer to you. It's the fact that, being i think he actually made his girlfriend come to be that escape that's like noticing people doing that whether it's a mother father anything just that is the scary part yeah when at any age like as people you know as we are when we're kids we're taught oh when we get older you just think you're gonna become this all well-rounded respectable person once you turn 18 yeah and when you hit adulthood you realize oh no it's not something that comes with age it comes with conscious thought Mm -hmm. and experiences that make you sit down and have a conscious thought process on the person you want to be and the things you have to do and not do to get there Mm -hmm. and when you're not conscious and you know it's like we make it seem like being conscious is something that you can like it's something scientific where you can literally just tap a button on yourself like okay time to be conscious no yeah it's a habit it's a process you know what i'm saying it's just like something happens how do you look at it Mm -hmm. Do you look at it from a victim standpoint? Do you try to avoid it? Do you suppress it? Do you take things to, whether it's drinking, sex, whatever it is, to kind of not face it? If it works, one thing I learned is I think growing up in America with our process of going to school, we're taught that, okay, you have someone telling you what to do for 18 years of your life. Mm -hmm. You got somebody tell you, you got a first period, second period. You got somebody tell you, once you turn uh, 10, you're in fifth grade. Once you turn 11, you're in sixth grade. You have someone orchestrating your whole life. Mm -hmm. And then you reach adulthood or you reach a point where if you're not in school anymore, life is just is. And you realize that every area of your life is connected. It's not separate. Like we try to make, there's no such thing as having your ratchet friends or having your, your drug friends or having your work friends. At some point, those two areas of your life are going to have to cross together. class and come together and it's going to blow up yeah. if you don't have control over it. There's no such thing as having your, your. oh, this is how I act when I'm at night. Granted, there's levels of respect and, yeah. you know, uh, structures that we follow, you know, rules that you follow in the workplace and, you know, with your parents, certain levels of respect. But well, yeah. ultimately, you have to be the same person at your core. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, the person you act like on a playground and how you act in the classroom, oh, they're going to meet one day. Mm. And when they meet, they're going to square mm. up. Yes. And the result is going to be a bloody mess in Mm-mm. your life, okay? And <laughs> adulthood, the main part of adulting is coming to that realization. Yeah. And the scary part is that people can really make an effort to not come to that realization. Yeah. And while their life is a mess, they really will blame it on every single thing in their life. But, but the real problem. They And the thing is, it's not something that they're consciously doing. That's the scary part for me. Like, when I became an adult... And looking at my other other adults who were way older than me and the way they act, the things that they do, how negative they are, they are how unorganized their life is, how they're mm-hmm. not even able to speak up for themselves at 40, at 50. And I'm like, that is my biggest fear to reach that level of experience in life and not even be able to create the life you want. Yeah. And the life you want is not always about Oh, I want a, yacht, a million dollars and Gucci bag. It's literally to reach a point with yourself where you're at peace, yeah. and everything around you is a reflection of who you are on the inside.
1: Facts.
0: So, with your dad being that way, as you know, I'm sure heartbreak broke breaking it is from just that child aspect. I think it's something that's so something that's like shows that you need to really commend yourself for the way that you are. I think whether your parents that's are what in my your life
1: told me when I met them. His sisters. They what? They kind of mentioned something like, wow, like your mom did like a really good job with you. You know, I I guess, you know, they didn't, they never met me either. So they kind of maybe had like this one particular like.
0: Oh, they just expect your, like everyone, they, everyone expects your experience to make you a certain way. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And when it doesn't, it's like, You know why? No, your experiences don't make you make or break your life. It's your conscious thought process. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a part of the thought process, then guess what? Life happens to you. You have to happen to life. You know what I'm saying? So it's a mixture of what your mom did. And whether your parents are in your life or not, I think everyone reaches a point where you realize your parents are not superheroes. You know, Mm -hmm. as a kid, you just think they're invincible. Mm -hmm. And it's a point, I mean, even people who, I mean, I have both my parents in my life and there were times it was like, Why'd you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't
0: even do that, oh, why do you think like that? what you don't know say it comes to a point in your life where you have to come to the reality that your parents are not superhero superheroes, but the only gift you could give to them is to which I'm sure me being a parent, every parent wants to see their child kind of be better than them in a yep. sense.
1: My mom would always say that,
0: yeah, no literally that is that that is I think honestly the greatest peace that any parent could have, and I think for you, it's like as a kid. Looking at your parent, the greatest gift is to be like, I did take that step up. Because mm-hmm. it's like bec- being a child of any parent, it's like you're pa- you're being passed the baton. You're f- the number one person anyone wants to exp- impress is their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, you just want to make your parents happy. So because and there's this pressure of you kind of holding that weight and kind of bringing it to the end. So for you to see your dad in that state, I hope you didn't process it as, and I'm sure you didn't because it shows that, it wasn't about him doing it to you. It was just him not reaching a level with himself that you're at now. And yeah. that's how life is supposed to be. The kid is supposed to kind of take everything to a notch. It's not even just about him not being in your life. But clearly, he's at a point with himself where he's not even... This conscious level we're talking about, this mm-hmm. setting the tone, this working on ourselves. Our parents didn't get the luxury to do that. Mm-mm.
1: And it was we're talking about
0: how, how old is he?
1: He just turned 60 60.
0: 63. Okay. In his day and age... Black people wasn't even, work on yourself.
1: We had to work. <laughs> work, work on these
0: fields. Yeah, you got to work these fields. You got to work for the white man. You got to work to eat and feed your family or feed yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't got time to be sitting there Indian style, burning anybody's candles, mm-hmm. meditating. We didn't have that time. And I think for all across the board, across the country, our generation, the millennials, yeah. we have this luxury and it's honestly changing the trajectory of our last name and our family and literally breaking generational curses. hmm Mel, I wanna thank you so much for sitting oh, damn, here it's with over. me. Yeah, I know we look, we could talk forever. We gotta have you back on here because I think I feel like like, we barely scratched going, the surface. I, I was like No, we're gonna literally get back to this. I'm gonna actually make it into a second episode because it's so much we could talk about in regards to this. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you really touched the topic of your story. I wanted it to kinda hit with the setting the tone and just having expectations of life and it being okay with Things not working out the way you want it, but as long as you set that tone, you're able to walk away with certain level of confidence. So I really hope you got mm-hmm. that with, you know, your experience with your dad. Is it still ongoing, or are you at a point where it's like, okay?
1: It's still, like, ongoing, and it kind of had to blow up a little bit because with me just being kind of honest about how I was feeling, and I kind of felt like I was getting pushed off a lot. And there was one day we were talking when he canceled on me, and I just told him, I'm like, hey, like, I don't feel like you love me, and I don't feel like you care. Oh, doesn't that feel so good? To it felt good to people. get it off because I'm yes. like, I feel like I'm never gonna be able Yo, to tell you this face to face, even though that's what I really wanted.
0: I want you to look. We're gonna get into a whole nother hour because that is so <laughs> real. The relief you get is so crazy. Because I always thought being numb was the way to go, and being numb meaning don't let people know how to hurt you. I still cut you off though. <laughs> You do me there, I'll cut you off. But the thing is, I thought it was a certain level of gangster not even letting people know that you was hurt or, nah. like, of what they exactly did. It's just like, you did this, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah, I won. You don't yeah. get a chance to apologize. Or I'm not even going to acknowledge to you what you did.
1: Until you go in the corner and you until buy you yourself. Have to go, but
0: you buy yourself, <laughs> and until you hold the weight of what they did. You got to understand what people do to you is not a reflection of you and it's not your responsibility to hold. It's only your responsibility when that energy gets to you to either stop it or let it through Okay, so that's by real. you telling people you did this to me and it hurt my feelings or it makes me feel like I'm not loved, that's you setting a tone, standing up for yourself, letting people know no rejection. Since you're not getting that in here, I needed no.
1: to put that into words for me.
0: That's but that's because I it, felt it. No, and
1: I'm like I had to just that's say that's it because I'm like, and are you when you say right it,
0: now? he could have either been like, oh my bad, or he could whatever. His reaction don't even matter. But another thing I noticed, which I want to talk, uh, kind of touch on, when you set the tone. I don't care how long you know somebody, I don't care how long they've been in your life, I don't care that your family, your mama, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife. No love, no, there's no greater representation of the love someone has for you than to taking like then you expressing your feelings and they actually taking heed to it. Mm Mm-hmm letting them know cuz a lot of people we're all a bunch of walking bad habits okay no one's perfect mm-hmm. some of the ways we move the way we react it can hurt people no one no one here is godly enough to kind of avoid that i don't care how nice you think you are i don't care how much you your go your pray seven times a day five times a day you all we all have the opportunity to hurt somebody's feelings without knowing Mm -hmm. because of our own bad habits and ways that we're used to dealing with things Mm -hmm. but when some when you make someone aware of something that's a habit for them like this is something they didn't even think twice they weren't thinking about hurting you it wasn't even intentional but you let them know this hurt me and they take that and be like that no i it's not even just about them apologizing you feeling that they really are apologetic and really are going to change their ways to that's love. That's love, love. Like there's love, <laughs> but that's love, love. So I know when I was like all on my, I'ma set the tone. I was really going gangster and savage about it. Like I'ma set the tone because I don't care who I gotta cut off. Mm-hmm. I don't care who gonna cut me off. I'm good. You're okay. Cut I got off. me, I cut me off. That's <laughs> that's the energy I'm on 2019. If I'm not doing me right, I gotta go. Okay. So I was going, you know, I was approaching it so gangster, and ever since I've been practicing it and with some of the closest people to me, and I get hit with the Oh, damn, I never even knew you looked at it that way. I'm sorry. And then I get hit with that changed behavior. I'm <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even know this was at the under. I just was trying to be gangster and stand up for myself. You gotta I did realize that, then you care about me. Mm-hmm. oh you when you say you love me you really love me love yeah. me like Or when you say oh i'm the you know whatever like when you say you were down for me you were really down for me and mm-hmm. that's the only way you really get to really experience how much someone cares about you people could tell you they love you all day long people could tell you they respect you all day long it's not until you set an expectation for yourself and for them and for them to live up to it and make those changes that's something that's that especially changes that they're already comfortable in like habits that they're already comfortable in and make those changes dopest feeling in the world mel i want to thank you so much for stopping by the voice of reason this is not going to be this is your first visit but it will not be your last all right now i'm gonna hold you to it we have all the talks guys you have so much to expect for 2019 for the season two i have so many topics coming to you guys and i'm open to you guys sending topics in i'm all about having real conversations even though i've been in this on this hiatus i actually still been being the voice of reason and doing my baby Oprah stuff, behind the scenes with my friends. So you'll expect a bunch of my good friends coming up here to have some real conversations and, I don't know, just getting to know us and ourselves even more. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mel. No problem. Thanks for having
1: me.